You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael will be talking about pricing your products and services. So how do you know what price points are best for you and your clients? Setting prices that reflect the value you bring as well as the market you serve is key to your success. That's up in a bit in our Business Builders, so stay tuned. First up, it's our success interview. Today we are talking with the founder of Fitness Design Solutions, Jennifer Corcoran. Jennifer knows the effects of both serious injury and sidelining illness. Her business grew out of her experience overcoming her own health challenges and her desire to help others do the same. I'm looking forward to talking with Jen about how she turned her passion into a business and to have her share tips on how you can do the same. I'm excited to hear her insights and strategies. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you. I'm really- I love these kind of conversations, and really they happen more and more often where someone goes through something in life, and it really shifts what their focus is, what they're excited about, and they then turn it into a business that they're very passionate about. And I'd love to start our conversation today by having you share a little bit about your business and how it's all come together. So in 2005, I was really burnt out. I was working in tech and I was traveling a lot for business and I decided to go back to school and to get my master's degree. And during that time, I found a local women's only um, health club and spa that had a Pilates studio. And I had always been really interested in Pilates. Mm-hmm. So I started working there for coffee money while I went to grad school and decided that I would get certified to teach Pilates, never really thinking that I would take that to the next level of creating a business from it. And then I graduated from grad school. It was a sort of quick nine-month, two-semester program. Um, mm-hmm. I got certified to teach Pilates during that time, and then I went to work for that health club teaching Pilates. And about six or eight months later, in 2000, well, fast forward a year, and then I decided to go out on my own in the spring of 2008, just as the economy was starting to be challenged. Mm. So I opened my small studio, but I had a 550-square-foot space, dedicated space with an outside entrance in my home. Mm-hmm. So I got all the equipment, and just started teaching out of my home. Um, and as the years have gone gone on, I started adding different things. I tended to call in people that had injuries or illnesses that had stopped them from moving, and it became a puzzle solving the puzzle of getting people moving again and feeling better in their bodies. So I 
added additional services over time, and that reached a sort of a satiation point where mm -hmm. there was only so much of my time to go around. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I started to look at like what do all my clients, what is it something that all my clients are in need of, or potentially the the client, the potential clients who what was holding them back from coming in mm -hmm. and seeking this work for themselves. And I found that to be this coaching piece. And I was mm -hmm. able to leverage that through working with more people. It became less of a one-to-one mm -hmm. -one business and more of a one-to-many. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, it sounds like it really has evolved over time, which I love, because I think in business, we always start out with what we think is our vision, but I really like the fact that you kind of let it grow. You looked at what the things in common were and then looked for ways to, to leverage it and grow it. Because one of the things we hear quite a bit is people say, well, it can really only be done one-on-one. -on -one. And I know Michael's even worked with a chiropractor who you think would have to be totally one-on-one. -on -one. But in what we do, there are so many things that we do in almost any business that when you look at it, you're doing the same thing over and over with every person. So there are ways to leverage it, and I love that you found that. Yes, it's definitely made a big difference for me and my own well-being because we only have so many so many hours in the day and often, especially in healing professions, we find people are reaching more and more burnout mm -hmm. because they just want to help people. So Absolutely. taking care of our own energy is really important in that mix of leveraging time and also being able to grow the business. Absolutely. And I think it is really important to be focused on what your clients need. And, you know, as you were, you talked about solving a puzzle for your clients, you were really solving a puzzle for yourself, looking at what's the best combination, what's the best way to do it, how can you leverage it. And I think if you're open to that when you're building and growing a business, things really do fall together. Um, oftentimes people don't, you don't know what the answer is. And as I tell people, you don't have to know that. You just need to be open to finding out what that is. Absolutely. I think that's really important, a really important concept in what I do with my clients as well because they come in, something's not, you know, our habits are invisible. We don't mm -hmm. see our habits. We don't because they're habits. It's just things we do unconsciously. And sometimes tuning into the things we're doing unconsciously and, and having someone shine a light on them gives us that spark to how we can do it differently mm -hmm. or how we can be con more conscious about the things that we maybe are just doing unconsciously. Absolutely. Um, and I think a, a good example of, um, you know, you think it's one thing, but it's often something different. Um, when I go in for a massage, she always asks me, what's hurting? What, you know, what, what challenges am I having? And I'll tell her, and it's interesting because I'll tell her, you know, this hurts, but it you find out that it's really a part of the body on the other side that I didn't have any idea that was related because of something I was doing actually causes the problem. So I think it's really important to kind of not be set on, I know the answer, but be open to what the answer might be. Absolutely. One of the things I've really been focusing on as I and more focused on how I can leverage my time and be able to support mm -hmm. more people in leveraging my time is how to give people the tools to be curious and explore what's going on. Because the massage is a great example. As a massage therapist myself, often people will say, I have X problem. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll think, hmm, I bet they don't. But let's find <laughs> out. And then we work on a leg, and they're like, oh, my back doesn't hurt anymore. I know. <laughs> That's weird. I, did. <laughs> I thought it was X, and it's really Y. I know. So. And, and I think a, a lot of people, they think they know exactly what it is, so they spend a lot of time and effort trying to solve what they think the problem is, and it's so, it, it couldn't be oftentimes further from what they need to do. That's why getting the help of an expert, you know, like yourself, someone who can, you know, see what's going on. Sandra Yancey always says, you know, you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. We think yeah. we know exactly what it is, and, you know, we just we don't have a clue. We need someone else to give us some perspective, some insights, to be able to ask some of those questions that help us say, huh, hadn't thought of that. <laughs> we were too close to it. Absolutely. And I have found that we are so disconnected from our bodies. We're connected mm-hmm. to so many other things, our computers, mm-hmm. our phones, our car, so many other, other things that we're connected to, social media, but we're not necessarily connected to our own bodies. And sometimes it's just giving ourselves space to mm-hmm. reconnect and see what's going on and be able to move and step out of the office or whatever that container is to be able to see a different perspective. Absolutely. We were actually at um, a wedding this past weekend, and it was so funny because it was out in a remote area, and it was, it was really just, it was so fascinating to watch everyone because they couldn't get a bar. They couldn't mm-hmm. get on their their phone. They couldn't get on the internet. And finally, when I realized, you know, that that you couldn't get on, it's like, okay, put it aside, done. But it was it was funny to watch all the conversations and the struggles because people are so attached to that technology. People actually had to have conversation with the person next to them, and it was their fascinating conversations. But we don't do that enough because we're so heads down and and so connected. We need to really unconnect to actually, I think, really live life and and make sure that we're not missing out. Absolutely. um, That connection to our body, and often people will say, I'll hear people say, I take better care of my car than I do of my body. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is really true. Like, when it's time for that service, you go in and do it, but people balk at getting massage or going to the chiropractor or just getting their mm-hmm. their daily like exercise in. And sometimes if you're stuck on something, if I'm writing or and I get stuck, I take my dogs and I go out for a walk. And by the time I get back, I fixed whatever I was stuck on. I could have sat there for three hours and not gotten mm-hmm. anywhere. Absolutely. And the funny part of, of, you know, what you just said, or maybe not so funny, is that a car is replaceable. I mean, it's, but your body's not. I mean, I guess you could replace a few parts, but for the most part, you've got what you got. And people forget that it's so important and you can't do everything you want to do. You can't, you know, be as alert. You can't, you know, your mind's not as, you know, as, as open and coming up with new ideas when you're not taking care of yourself. That's part of why people are struggling, I believe. I think that's absolutely true. I'm, I'm definitely seeing that in the cancer survivors that I work with, um, sort of reevaluating. Like, they get, a, they get this diagnosis and they're like, the first inclination is, well, how much time is this going to be out of work? Or, like, I want to minimize how much downtime I have. And then they sort of, as they're moving through the process, they're like, well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. How important is that thing? Like, how important is it for me to check my email at 10 o'clock at night? Maybe it could wait yeah. till 8 a.m. 
Hmm. Maybe I can set different boundaries for myself to give myself more time to tune in and connect with the things that I really need to do to make sure that I'm healthy and here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we need to take a real quick break. This is a fascinating conversation. When we come back, I want to talk about a little bit on the, the conversation about um, being, you know, kind of moving through life unconsciously or being conscious of what you're doing. Cause you just started to touch on that. And then I want to really talk a little bit um, about your Cancer Cliff Notes podcast um, because I think so many people have know people that um, can definitely use some support and um, some guidance. So this has been great. So stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today on our success interview, we're talking with the founder of Fitness Design Solutions, Jennifer Cochran. We had a phenomenal conversation the first half of our interview, so if you missed it, you absolutely want to go back and listen to it. I loved when we were talking about technology and being plugged in and how people often take better cars better care of their cars than they do their bodies. And as we know, a car can be replaced. Your body can't. And I love the fact that you have different ways to get people to really look at what they're doing and how they do that. I want to spend the second half of our conversation, Jen, and talk a little bit, starting it with um, how we do things unconsciously and how we can become more aware, conscious, you know, our consciousness about what we're doing and how it, what we're doing really impacts our actions. I know you've got some different tools and you do a lot around that. So I would love your insight on how can people get started figuring out what they're doing and what might need to shift. So... Often I work with people that have some source of chronic pain and our movement and how we sit at our desk and how we drive our car and a lot of things that we do repeatedly on a daily basis are sort of repetitive movements or unconscious activities that we're doing. Mm -hmm. and. 
people will come in and I'll start querying like how they sit at their desk and how things are set up and different things like that. And we'll start to uncover competent movement behaviors versus incompetent. And an incompetent movement would be like if you're sitting at your desk and you're sort of, you know, it's the end of the day and it's been a really long time and you're kind of hunched over and your shoulders are up around your ears and your face is getting closer and closer to the computer screen. We don't necessarily mm -hmm. notice that we're in sitting in this incompetent kind of manner that is ultimately going to cause us some discomfort. Mm -hmm. And when we bring awareness to that behavior, we can change it. We can become more able to see it. So the next mm -hmm. time someone goes in and is sitting at their computer and notices as they're getting tired and it's later in the day, they're like, oh, I'm doing that computer thing. Now I can sit up. I can sit on my sitting. I can find my sitting bones. I can roll my shoulders back. I can grow tall through my body. And now I'm, instead of being unconsciously incompetent in how I'm sitting, I can become mm -hmm. consciously competent with the mm -hmm. ultimate goal of becoming unconsciously competent, where you can sit in your chair and you're on your sitting bones and you're kind of growing tall and your shoulders are rolled back and you've got a nice distance from the screen and you're not having to consciously tap into how am I sitting right now. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so I'm going to ask our listeners, how many of you like me, as Jen was talking about how you're sitting and what you're doing, are sitting up taller, adjusting your um, posture, trying to, you know, roll your shoulders back? I know I was doing it as you were talking. So how do you get people to, as they're moving through those stages, you know, from unconscious to, to conscious, how do you get people to remember that they need to do that because you don't think about it. It's, so what would be a trigger that someone could um, put in place so that they'd remember to pay attention to it? So there's several different ways. One is by bringing awareness to it. And the fact that we've talked about this and people are listening in and just sort of having that reaction, in an hour they may start to notice, oh, hey, because we called awareness. So Calling in that awareness, if you find that something's hurting, start to bring awareness around that item and say, hmm, what am I doing when it's hurting? Mm. Or what was I doing before it started hurting? Um, and also, like for something like if you notice it's posture at your desk, like set a timer and check in. And that sort of conscious awareness to, oh, my, I need to check in. Where am I at? You may not be hunched over two feet from the, or two inches from the screen, mm -hmm. but you may be heading that way. Mm -hmm. And then able to come back and sort of ground in or stand up and walk around and kind of shake things out and then notice how that feels. Mm -hmm. Bringing awareness, I think, is the biggest thing that you can do. Absolutely. And even as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, your sitting, your sitting bones. I'm thinking I'm kind of moving a little bit and my lower back has been bothering me as I'm moving around. I'm thinking, oh, I, it feels differently. <laughs> so it, um, it is that awareness and that's why I love the, our podcast. That's why I love um, having these conversations because it does make such a difference. And I do believe that Podcasts are a great way to expand your reach, leverage your time, educate people to what they're to what they're doing. Absolutely. And I know that um, speaking of podcasts, you have a cancer cliff notes podcast, and I'd love to have you share just a little bit about that and and why that is you know why you're so passionate about that. So when I started doing the work that I do back in 2008, I got certified as a cancer exercise specialist. I worked with a lot of cancer 
survivors at that time, and I was just sort of calling them into my practice. Um, and ironically, I didn't know at the time that I started down that path how much that was going to impact me personally. But in 2016, I had my own diagnosis of breast cancer. And through wow. that process, it was really an, an interesting learning because when you have to tell people that you have cancer, they respond to you with every fear they have ever had about the idea of cancer. So you spend more time sort of propping up the people that you're telling um, mm -hmm. than actually dealing with your own kind of situation. And for me, I was in a really great place because I had all this information and I knew what the surgeries looked like and I knew what the sort of process looked like because I had seen so many people go through it. Mm -hmm. And I sort of came to my own situation from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And I really felt called to create a positive community around managing what life looks like after cancer. Because you go through that initial stage of doctor's appointments and people come out of the woodwork to support you and then you sort of get on the other side of treatment and it's like, hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not the same person. My body doesn't quite work the same way it did before. Mm -hmm. And there weren't a lot of sort of positive spaces to say, hey, I'm having this thing going on. Has anyone else had this? Mm -hmm. And not have it be a pity party or like a, a down energy kind of place, but have it be like, a, oh, I had that and this is how I handled it. Like this is how I made it better. Like mm -hmm. a solutions-oriented type place. And the Cancer Clip Notes podcast really serves that, like finding finding likeness between people's journeys. Mm -hmm. um, and my podcast is actually launching in a couple of weeks, and I'm really excited mm -hmm. because one of my first guests um, has was one of Stand Up to Cancer's 10 Years, 10 Stories. Wow. She has an amazing story, and she I've been following her story for several years, and it's just an amazing, hopeful, great journey that she's on. And to see the ways that people have positively approached their lives post-cancer mm -hmm. and sort of navigating this new place and saying, my, my health is my number one priority mm -hmm. because I only have this one body to live in. Mm-hmm and taking advantage of all the opportunities and sort of not kind of that starting before you're ready. Like, you want to take the trip to Italy? Well, maybe you figure out how to take the trip to Italy. Mm -hmm. And not say, well, I'll go do that later. Mm. So I'm really excited to be able to bring some of those kinds of stories and hope to people that are also on a journey and are overwhelmed. That's, that's incredible. And I, I've got so many thoughts going through my, my head right now. And I think part of it is, as you're talking, because you had started taking care of your body prior to the diagnosis, which isn't something you don't want anyone to have to go through, but I think starting to take care of yourself being aware of the role that you play in your health gives you a very different perspective on what you can do and what's possible. And I love the way when you were talking about this, and, and I really encourage our listeners to go back and, and re-listen to this, um, this episode because I think that oftentimes in life, things don't go the way you have them planned, they don't go the way you think they should, and we let it stop us, we let it 
frees us. We let it impact what we do. And we all have a choice. When you got your diagnosis, you could have gone down a very different path, but you've been educated, you had a lot of knowledge, you used that, and you've done some amazing work that is still going to be going forward. So I think that that's incredible to take something that a lot of people would just, it would stop them dead in their tracks, that you know you really are showing them that you can control, you can choose exactly what you want to do and how you're going to approach it. And I think that's an incredible story in itself. I love that whole idea of choice as well because I talk about that a lot when I'm kind of out and about and talking about the podcast. And we all, anyone who has this A diagnosis, regardless of what that diagnosis is, you have choices. Mm-hmm. And especially when it relates to cancer, like every body is different. The flavor of my breast cancer was different from the flavor of four friends who I have that have all had different components in their diagnosis, which changed their treatment options. And and I made choices to not do certain things, and I made choices mm-hmm. to do certain things. And I know other people who have made opposite choices, and that felt really right for them. Mm-hmm. And that idea of choice and that our choices are our choices, not anybody else's choices. Mm-hmm. So when you have choices to make, like people may come in and from a place of deep love for you, give you their opinions. And quite honestly, if their opinions don't fit with how you, with what you believe and how you feel about your treatment, that is okay. It is okay mm-hmm. to make your own choices. And just seeing all the options that are out there, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And to know that every choice that you make is the right choice for you in that moment and not to be judged by other people because it's not their choice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. That's so true. And I think that, you know, choices that are right for you are also important in business too. I think there's so many of the lessons that can translate to what people are doing in life, what people are doing in business, what entrepreneurs are doing, because we oftentimes, we get a lot of opinions in everything that we do. And I think it's important to get in touch with who you are and what you believe is right, and I think getting the right information, the right resources, the right support, surrounding yourself by a community, and that's why I love you on the network so much, I think it's so important to know that you don't have to do it alone. There's a lot of information out there, and it's getting an expert like yourself to help weed through it, and people around us absolutely do have our best interest you know, at heart, but they also want things to be easy for us and they have their own things they're trying to work through. So I think getting kind of some neutral information and, you know, some resources actually can help make good decisions too. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I'm excited about your upcoming podcast. So how can our listeners connect with you and learn about you and and what you're doing? So the best way to connect with me is to go to fitnessdesignsolutions.com. My name also goes to that same location, Jen Cochran. Dot com goes to the same location. And there you can learn more about me. There are several videos on the website. Um, there's ways to connect with me on social media. There's ways to schedule a 30-minute um, well-being check-in. Um, you can join my community, Be More Than, the cancer Diagno- Be More Than Your Cancer Diagnosis. 
Um, and the podcast will will have a spot there as well. Very nice. How exciting. So as we end our time together, do you have one maybe tip or a simple exercise that our listeners can do that they can implement immediately that will help them really become more consciously aware of how what they're doing is impacting their life? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing for me is not waiting until you feel like you're ready. Mm. If you haven't been exercising and you feel like something has to happen before you do that, maybe just go out for a 10-minute walk and see how that feels. And really just, I think that applies to business too. Too often we, we hold ourselves back waiting until we're ready. Mm-hmm. Where if we just take action, we can work out a lot of the questions as we go. I love that, and what a great way to um, end our our conversation and our time today. So I'm going to challenge everyone to take action today. Stop waiting. Don't say you'll do it tomorrow or someday because that just isn't going to happen. Take a little step, and pretty soon those little steps add up to a big step, and you turn around and you realize you've gone a long way. So thank you so much for all your time and for sharing today, Jen. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's been a great conversation. We need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder. So stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to talk about pricing and why it's so important to have different products at different price points. We have this conversation all the time and always get asked, how do I determine what to price my product or my course at? And people always say when we respond, well, what if no one will pay that? So I'm really excited about today's conversation. And I think a great place for us to start, Michael, is to talk about price points and why they're so important. They are important and it's really important as your business grows that you have offerings at different price points for different audiences. When your business is new as a coach, you can 
have just one-on-one -on -one coaching and that works fine. But as it starts to grow, as you start to get more and more busy, you want to start to expand your audience. And really the only way you can do that, uh, because you only have so many hours in the day for coaching and because there's only so many people out there that can pay whatever the price is you've set for your coaching, you, you need to have products that appeal to entry-level, um, low-end, basic buyers, as well as medium and high-end buyers. So it's really important to have that wide range. It's also important to recognize that some clients will be working with you for the first time, and so they're gonna want a relatively simple, straightforward solution that they can apply right away. Typically though, as they work with you and they wanna know more and more and get more and more interested in what your knowledge is, what your experience is, they're gonna want more and more uh, advanced courses or advanced knowledge or uh, advanced uh, work with you in a more intimate way. So that's gonna be a little bit higher price point. So it's important to have that range. Well, and I think it's important to remind our listeners that when they're developing products, it's really important to have done that one-on-one -on -one coaching first because that's where you really understand what people are asking for and you really understand what your process is, which is one of the first steps to getting started to be able to then to leverage that. Yeah, it really is. And we've talked about that in other business builders that once you've done that coaching, once you've worked with actual clients, then you have a much better understanding of what resonates with them, what they need more explanation on, um, what they need to know in order to really achieve results. And then you can take that and package it up at different price points. And the important thing is to really recognize that you need to know the price point or the intended price point before you actually start to develop an offering. We have so many clients come to us and they want an e-course done, for example. And the first question we ask is, okay, that's great, we can do that. At what price point are you gonna offer this? And they don't know. Well, as you can imagine, a course that's developed for a, a $99 price is gonna be significantly different from a, a course that's developed for a $699 price. People that are investing more money are gonna expect more value, more hand-holding, more information. They're gonna expect a much richer experience. At the $99 price point, for example, their expectations for the, all of that are not nearly as high. That doesn't mean it's not as valuable. That may be all they need or all they can afford at that point in time, but their expectations are quite a bit lower than if they're paying six or seven or $800 for the course. No, absolutely. And the thing I love about the process that you take people through is you give them all the pieces, whether they're correct, whether they're putting together a $99 course or a $699 course, the key is making sure that the people that are taking your training are getting the results. And I think we sometimes, we know that that's what our intention is, but we don't always put everything together so they get that result. And if they don't get the result, they're not as likely to come back to you and say, I want more. The goal is after each step of your training is to have something you can take them to the next level and go deeper with you and learn more and build on what they've done to really launch their business. Absolutely, and, and what you just described, some people refer to as a PSPS strategy where the letters stand for problem solution problem solution. And what that really means is that each product you provide, each service you provide, should provide a solution for your clients, a solution to some problem that they have. But it also ideally should create another problem for them, which then a higher end product that you have or service that you have provides a solution for. And then that creates another problem. So let me give you a couple of examples. One is um, we did some uh, work with a sales consultant and they were really a genius in the sales area and, and how to actually go out and engage with clients and turn those or excuse me engage with prospects and turn those prospects into clients 
and they had a uh, online e-course that was recorded and that was a great solution but once you had done that solution some people were fine with that they could go out and implement it it was great they got a lot of additional sales everything was fine other clients decided that even though that was great information they wanted some hand-holding they wanted some additional coaching their clients were a little different they wanted to be able to try out some of the things they had learned in the course and then come back and get additional coaching on how to get over objections or how to position products the way that would be most advantageous so that's a little bit higher end solution so the initial e-course provided a solution the new problem was they needed coaching and that was another offering that this particular consultant offered um, another uh, example would be um, something that we do all the time where we create courses we can have we can coach people in how to create their own course give them the templates give them the structure, give them everything they need to go off and create it on their own. That solves the problem. But now there's another problem. They don't have the time to actually go out and do that. And we can do it much faster. So then we solve that problem by having a done for you approach. So we will take everything that they know about their topic. We'll then create the course for them. So it's again, it's a problem solution, problem solution approach. And I always challenge people because they say in the done for you solution, the first thing that comes to mind is I can't afford it. It's too expensive. And I would really challenge people to think about it differently. And I have this conversation over and over again is what is your time worth? Because we see people that said, six, nine, 12 months ago that they were going to go create a course. And because it's not their area of expertise, they kept setting it aside and saying, I'll work on it later because other things come up for them. And if you can actually have someone do it for you, they can be out delivering that course in six weeks. So think of the revenue that you can be bringing in versus having another item on your to-do list that you're not getting done. It really makes a big difference in your end result. It absolutely does. And in fact, I when you were saying that, it might immediately went to someone we were talking with about developing an e-course and we began talking with her about it in January of this year and she said oh I absolutely it's one of my commitments I'm going to do an e-course this year and we said hey great we can help you with that and she says no I have it well now it's October and she hasn't started yet we see her every month at a networking event and she keeps saying yeah, yeah I'm going to start that next month well, now it's November or now it's October, as I said. So just think about it this way. If she could have created that course back in January or February or March of this year, um, she could have probably done the course twice now. And let's say she sold it for $300, probably a, what she was looking at was a lot more, but let's just say $300. And let's say she could have gotten 10 people into that course, again, a very conservative number. So $300 times 10 people times two sessions, that's $6,000 that she could have already made this year very conservatively, and she's still thinking about developing it. And I can tell you from our experience, developing that course, if you were to have a company like Turn Knowledge to Profit do it for you, it would be less than $6,000. So a lot she, less. She could have already been in the black and making money every time she ran the course and she's still thinking about developing it. So it just makes no sense. She would have more than paid for it doing it, you know, one time. So I think it's important for people to really just ask themselves, what's the best use of my time? So are there ideal price points for planned courses? Yeah, you know, the price points really depend on the business you're in, what your goals are, what your clients needs are there's really a lot of variation but in general starting out it's usually a good rule of thumb to have one entry-level course or one entry-level offering and that's usually in the 100 to 400 dollar range somewhere in that i would propose it's more on the high end of that at 399 or maybe even 499 something like that 
and then have a middle level offering at the maybe $600 to $1,500 range, and then have a higher level offering above that, maybe at $2,000, $2,500, somewhere in that range. And that really gives just about anybody that you talk to at a networking event or at a speaking gig or anywhere you are, an option that will likely fit their investment uh, objectives and their need for for advancement or, or entry level. So if you have those three, you really can, can really satisfy most everyone that you meet. Um, there's obviously other things you can do, but just starting out, don't make it too complicated. Start out with just a nice entry level, a nice mid-level, and a high-end level. And, and then of course, as you gain experience and you gain clients um, and you gain testimonials, you can start to raise those prices up. But those are pretty good price ranges for starting out. Well, and I love the fact that you help people really put together their product strategy because there is a whole strategy behind it that I know we've talked about on a previous business builder. And I would invite everyone who's listening today to go to Facebook, to our Turn Knowledge to Profit page and ask us your questions about developing products. And if you're ready to start developing your products or you are interested in putting together a strategy, set up a call with Michael and you can email him at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk, the number two, p.com. And get started developing your products. It is your pipeline to creating more profit and having a bigger impact, reaching those people who need and want to learn from you. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.